0: Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt, and I'm a board-certified integrative and functional nutritionist. I live on the seacoast of New Hampshire and work with clients in my virtual practice all over the world through private consultations and online nutrition and functional medicine programs. Functional Medicine Nutrition is all about diving deep with people to get to the root cause of their health issues, and that's exactly what I tackle in this podcast. All things health, food, and nutrition, unpacking current research and almost a decade of clinical experience. I love to bring experts and thought leaders to the table so we can all learn together. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive in. What's up, friends? Today we're going to talk about antibiotics. If you listened last week, I told you that I was going to release an interview this week. Um... And I, I'm gonna do it next week. I promise. It's Lucia Holly. She's great. We're talking about weight loss. We recorded it last, I in the middle of April, so quite a while ago now, a couple of months ago. And it's a, a phenomenal interview. And she's she's really really good stuff. And I'm excited to release it. But it just felt very strange and weird to release a weight loss episode in the midst of everything that's been going on. So I've been sitting on it. Um, but it is such good information that I, and it's such a good discussion that I, I'm definitely going to release it next week. But today we're going to talk about antibiotics because it's very top of mind for me. So I want to get this, get this stuff out while it's, um, fresh in my brain. This is a request I've gotten a bunch of times, um, if we have to take antibiotics, what can we do while we're on them and afterwards to support our gut? I'm currently on antibiotics for this stinking ear infection. So it's top of mind for me. Um, Three years ago was the last time I was on antibiotics. I, I had to get my wisdom teeth removed and they had suggested that I go on antibiotics. That's kind of the protocol. Um, but I didn't feel great about taking them prophylactically. So they they suggest it so to ward off any infection in your mouth. And I was like, mm, I don't feel good about that. But I did end up with a, a tooth infection, so I had to start them. And this is exactly the plan that I followed. And it served me pretty well, and it's all you know, research-based, of course. So I'm gonna lay it out for you. It might not be super relevant to you right now in this moment, but definitely save this episode, share it with other folks because it's um, it's going. Chances are it's gonna. You'll need this information at, at some point in the future. If you do have to take antibiotics, quickly. I mentioned this last week, but I will say it again. I'm doing a giveaway where. Um, I am gonna give away a initial intake appointment, which is valued at 425. And the way to enter that is to write a fi- uh, write a review for the podcast. So I'm trying to beef up the reviews so we can get more eyes and ears on, on this podcast. So write a review. It has to be a written review and a five-star review if you think that I'm worthy of that. And then share it to social media. So share the actual review Post it on Instagram or wherever you um, wherever you do that, and tag me so I can see it. Um, and once I see it, once you tag me, I will enter your name into a raffle to win. I'm gonna draw them sometime in July, so there's time to do this. Um, I would be really appreciative. That's that's a awesome way to get this this content out. Uh, into the masses. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I always love hearing from you. Like I really, really love hearing um, how the podcast has helped you. That makes me feel so good. As you know, it's a lot of work to do this. So knowing that this work is landing with people and really helping helping you guys out is the best. Is the best thing to do. But it's even better, or it's the best feeling to get. But it's even better if you can share that publicly because that helps to get the the podcast in hands of more people that can, um, that can hear all the good things. So, and help themselves. All right. So that's that. Let's, um, let's talk about antibiotics. I am not getting, get into the whole tale of why antibiotics are bad. I've picked that over time and time again, we have episode, I don't mean to say antibiotics are bad or why antibiotics can be detrimental uh, to gut health, to overall health, we talked about it in episode 62, where I talked about Lyme prevention and gut health. We talked about it in episode 78, how to eat for true gut health. We talked about it in episode 81, why you need to stop self-treating your gut. So cruise on over to those episodes if you want to do a deeper dive on antibiotics and why they can be um, why they can be detrimental. Cliff's notes is that we take antibiotics to kill bad bacteria, right? Pathogenic bacteria that are causing problems, like the stuff going on in my ear. Um, But they're not, they don't just exclusively choose the bad bacteria. They can also kill off the good bacteria that belong in our gut. And when that happens, it disrupts a very delicate ecosystem, which causes dysbiosis imbalance in the gut, essentially. When good bacteria die off, you can become more susceptible to the overgrowth of opportunistic organisms. Our entire health, even our mental health, is really reliant upon the the functioning of our gut uh, and the ecosystem that resides within. And in order for our gut ecosystems to be considered healthy, they have to be diverse. there has to be a lot of different species, and there has to be a lot of them. And what antibiotics does is essentially crush that diversity. So if this gets worse, the more we use antibiotics, so if you're a product of the 80s and 90s like myself, chances are you've been on antibiotics a lot. Um, The more antibiotics you use, the less diverse your gut ecosystem is. With every course, diversity is reduced all of that is problematic. Um, some species in our guts can rebound post-antibiotics, but not all of them can. The worst offender is an antibiotic cocktail. So this is like the thing that we want to reserve for like when we're in absolute dire straits and there's no other option, but that's doing three or four antibiotics in a short period of time to kill off an infection. That's the, what an antibiotic cocktail is. That leads to the biggest decrease in diversity the biggest loss of species and it can have very long-term effects like up to years this isn't like a quick turnaround thing um some pe- species can even go extinct like we we don't have the ability to grow them back so um this can have devastating consequences right so we we try to reserve that for absolute necessity um with my ear I, i'm just gonna briefly kind of talk about we have to have some ways to like weigh out the pros and the cons. Um, like how do we know taking antibiotics is the right right choice, right? We, we really should be at the point now where we all understand we have to strongly consider the use of them versus just like going to that for like the first thing that we do, uh, the first intervention. Um, with my ear, I was having these crazy headaches, like really bad headaches, like headaches I've never experienced before. They were just taking me out. I think a lot of them had to do with stress and tension. And so um, I was getting the bad headaches, bad headaches, bad headaches. They got a little bit better and then they came rip roaring back and it came back with nausea and dizziness. Like I just felt really wonky. And then I started feeling sick like took a three hour nap, like couldn't get out of bed, just like something was off. So I eventually went into the walk in because I, I was like, what the heck is what's up? You know this this is not normal for me. And turns out I I had an ear infection in one of my ears. Um, and and talking to some body work, uh, professionals that had hands on my body, they they said that what can happen is when the muscles in your neck get super tight. I'm totally butchering this. This is not my area <laughs> of expertise. It can Um, I should have probably looked this up before trying to explain it, but it can, something about the ear canal, it can, it can, it can keep the ear from appropriately draining. So I think what, what happened is I had these insane tension headaches, super tight in my neck and my shoulders because, Hey, I'm not doing all the self-care practices that I used to do pre-quarantine. I'm not getting massages. I'm not getting, um, uh, biofeedback. I'm not, I'm. you know, I'm not getting as much energy work. It, I'm not having hands on my body, which is something that like I really need to uh, keep myself in good, um, you know, in good health. I'm not going to the yoga studio. I'm not practicing yoga in, you know, in a heated environment like I did. So there's a lot of tension, right? Um, so it just, it makes, it all makes sense for sure. But because I was in so much pain and because I can easily go down a fear spiral of, um, Something really bad is happening. Just with with a history of chronic illness, I decided that getting on the antibiotics because I had been feeling really bad for quite a while. It it just made the most sense for me. So I kind of did this. My point of all saying all of that is, I did this internal pros cons, pros cons, pros cons, and where I netted out was that taking amoxicillin was the best choice for me in that um, in that moment. So we all kind of have to have to figure out. You know, and talk with our physicians as well and figure out, is this the best choice? So what I'm about to outline is a, is a fairly comprehensive approach. Um, it might seem like an aggressive approach, especially if you've never considered these things before, but antibiotics, antibiotics are kind of aggressive, um, but they can also be life-saving. So if we need antibiotics, we need to have the tools in place to support ourselves while we take them and after we take them. So just really throwing down a lot of support to try to do the least amount of damage, knowing that we're going to do some damage, right? That's We kind of just have to make peace with that um, and not go into a fear spiral around that. That is something that I've taken off my plate. Like I know my gut's going to get messed up. Okay. Let's it's happening, cool, whatever, taking it off my plate as a stressor. I also have tools to put in place to support my gut. So I'm going to do that. Um, Let's start with probiotics because it's pretty well known that it's a good idea to take probiotics when you're on antibiotics. Um, First of all, they're effective both for the prevention and the treatment of antibiotic-associated diarrhea. So that's something that a lot of people experience when they're on antibiotics is this diarrhea and probiotics certain strains of probiotics can really be helpful to mitigate this. But it goes even deeper than that. Probiotics can actually augment antibiotic activity and can be a really supportive adjunct to antibiotic therapy. It can, it can support the use of antibiotics in your body. We have this long-held belief that taking probiotics is important with antibiotics because they replace the microbes that are wiped out by the antibiotics. And that's a very overly simplistic idea, and it's probably not even true. Um, we know that probiotics don't colonize for long periods. So it's not like we kill off the, the good guys, but then we can just replace them by taking a probiotic. That's actually not how it works. But they do tend to work in, in transition, like while, while they're going through your body, while they're in your body, um, for for even for a couple of weeks after. And that's still a really good thing, especially with antibiotic use. They can, taking probiotics when you're taking antibiotics can reduce the risk of antibiotic induced super infections in the gut and in the vagina. If you ever have taken an antibiotic and that it got a yeast infection or um, a bacterial infection, you know what I'm talking about, right? That's pretty common. And so, When we take probiotics with the antibiotics, it can reduce the chances of this. Um, Probiotics can also have some antimicrobial activity in and of themselves. They can secrete antibacterial substances, and this can lower the pathogenic bacterial populations, um, which I think is really cool. They also have the ability to disrupt biofilms i've talked about biofilms before but biofilms are kind of like packaging where pathogens can hide so it's like a covering and a coating and it can be hard to kill the pathogens if it's covered by a biofilm so um, disrupting the biofilm allows the antibiotics to get in and do its job a little bit better so there's a lot of different cool things that probiotics can do, and it's more than just well, I don't have diarrhea. Like there's a lot of things going on under the hood that that probiotics um, that probiotics can help you with. They can also support proper gut motility. They can downregulate toxin release by pathogenic bacteria. So the bad bacteria, the bad guys, can release toxins, and probiotics can downregulate this. Um, this is a big one. They can inhibit the growth of yeast in. Other opportunic, opportunistic pathogens. What can happen is when we, when we, kill off the good guys, it makes space for the opportunistic things to come into play. Um, Yeast being one of them. Um, I've heard this analogy a couple of different times, and I love it, and I've used it myself. It's like a parking lot analogy. So if you imagine your gut is a full parking lot, all the spaces are filled up with cars. When you use antibiotics, you can kill off some of the good bacteria. And so those parking spaces open up. And if we don't Fill them with good guys, then the opportunistic or bad guys can slide into those parking spots. And yeast is a fantastic um, example of this because it's extremely, extremely opportunistic. And this is why antibiotic use puts us at a greater risk of fungal overgrowth. And so, certain strains of bacteria can inhibit fungal overgrowth, it can inhibit yeast candida. Um, It can prevent its biofilm formation and it can even kill off the fungus. So that's another reason why we should be taking probiotics. And then um, some probiotic strains can actually kill intestinal pathogens. It's that antimicrobial activity that I was talking about. So definitely you want to throw down on some good probiotic support while you're on antibiotics. Um, One example of this is Saccharomyces boulardii. Saccharomyces boulardii is actually a yeast. It's a non-pathogenic yeast, and it's a yeast-eating yeast. It helps to gobble up other types of pathogenic yeasts. Um, this one is great for the, the for the diarrhea, um, but I just like taking it in general while you're on antibiotics. So this is the first thing that I tend to recommend for folks on antibiotics is Saccharomyces boulardii. It's like if you had to do one thing, um, I think it would probably be this one, maybe this one, and a good quality broad-spectrum probiotic. Um, you can get it pretty inexpensively at most health food stores, so... Easy, pretty easy to find. Um, it, you might need to be careful. I almost hesitate saying this. If you know that you produce antibodies to yeast, you might have to stay away from Saccharomyces boulardii. But I don't see this being a huge issue in my practice and the people that I work with. I generally see it as a safe thing. If you know that you've reacted to Saccharomyces boulardii in the past, you know, obviously you don't want to take it when you're taking antibiotics. Another really great one, the three that I'm going to recommend are very potent therapeutic uh, probiotics. I use them a lot clinically, and this is, one of these is what I'm currently taking while on antibiotics um, because I just, you know, I have longstanding gut issues, so I'm not trying to play. I am not messing around. So one is called Custom Probiotics. You do need to purchase them direct from the website, customprobiotics.com. Calm, um, th- this is a powder, th- not cheap, it's over $100 per bottle. You can, at this website, you can get a sample size jar for around $40, so that's something to consider. Another great one is Gut Pro, that's another powder. Um, and another good one is by the Gut Institute, and that's another powder. But those are all around the same price point. They're all powders. You mix them with water. You can put them in a smoothie if you want to, Uh, but they're all around 100 bucks for a full bottle. That bottle will last you a long time, but definitely an investment. If you're looking for something less expensive, Claire Labs ABX support is a is a pretty good one it depends on where you buy it what the cost is but i do think it's less expensive than the other ones that i've mentioned this one actually has the sac boulardii so it has saccharomyces boulardii it has some lactobacillus and two different bifido strains which are really important so those are some things to consider if nothing else just go to your local health food store and grab something off of the shelf and you know do that you do want to be conscientious of when you take them try to take them about two hours away from your antibiotics. This can be a little bit of a puzzle, a little bit of a Tetris game, figuring out when you take your antibiotics and when you take your probiotics. But we don't want to, when you're taking a, a strong antibiotic, it can basically decimate the probiotic. So it would, it doesn't make sense to spend all this money on a good quality probiotic to not have it be effective. So do try to space those out the best that you can. I also think it's a really smart bet to do some immune system support. We know that we've got the majority of our immune system in our gut, right? In the mucosal layer. And if we're trying to clear an infection, we're asking the immune system to do a really big job. It doesn't, it just doesn't happen. Like we have to, it's like a call to action for our immune system. Like, all right, we've got this infection. We got to clear it. You guys ready? All right, let's go. Um, So it, 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 supporting the immune system while you're trying to clear an infection is important. And this looks like supporting mucosal immunity as well. Now, probiotics can do this. Uh, probiotics enhance mucosal immunity, which in turn will support the eradication of the organisms um, right there at the mucosal layer. But other ways to support mucosal immunity would be Saccharomyces boulardii. That's another one that does it. Vitamin A is great. Um, short-chain fatty acids. So butyrate. Um, I like a product by Apex called Enterovite because it has three different short-chain fatty acids that can be really supportive. Um, immunoglobulins. So there's different products that um, that I use clinically for immunoglobulins, but uh Talking about a food as medicine approach, if you can do, if you can tolerate dairy, if you can tolerate whey, doing some non-denatured grass-fed whey protein is great. Um, Jarro makes goat whey if you can't tolerate cow dairy. Um, that's a that's a pretty inexpensive product you can get, and I would consider that for the immunoglobulin support. And I also think just doing some gentle adrenal support isn't a bad idea when you're trying to clear the infection. It's like really trying to bolster the system. Um, So those are all ways that you can support overall mucosal immunity while you're trying to clear the infection. But And you would also want to consider supporting the actual lining of the gut. So we know that antibiotics can make us more susceptible to intestinal permeability or leaky gut. So this is especially true if you've had issues with gut health and autoimmunity in the past, you know this about yourself it's not a bad idea to throw down some extra support here. So there's a bunch of different types of leaky gut powders. The one that I use, the one that I'm using right now, is called RepairVite by Apex Energetics. But all the different companies make them. Basically, what you're looking for is some type of combination of L-glutamine, DGL, which is a type of licorice, aloe vera, slippery elm, marshmallow root, chamomile, really any... um, (laughs) Mucilaget mucilaginous i can never say that word because it's such a weird word to say Um, any of those type of herbs will also be really supportive um it's you just kind of want that um to support the mucosal layer that slippery lining of the intestine so if, if you you know work with herbs and you love plant medicine any of those type of herbs will be great or you can just grab one of the powders if if that's more of your jam um, Omega threes are also really supportive of the lining of the gut. Doing some good quality fish oil, um, turmeric is also great. So you could do, you know, start cooking more with turmeric. You could do um, a turmeric supplement. However, you want to go about that. That's those are all great ways to support the lining of the gut. And then it's not a bad idea to consider liver support. So we could do liver supportive foods, which I've talked about a ton. These are really getting in all of your colors. Um, You can listen to the detox episodes that I've done here to figure out what liver supportive foods are. Any of the um, sulfur rich veggies, your cruciferous veggies, those are all really great Um, in terms of supplementation. Milk thistle's great, alpha-lipoic acid is supportive, Um, N-acetylcysteine or NAC is really great. And the interesting thing about N-acetylcysteine or NAC that I'm just gonna throw in here is that, um, I've talked about this on the Lyme episode, I did talk about this, which I re-released recently, so you might have recently heard me say this, but um, antibiotics can muck up the mitochondria, we need mitochondria for so many different things, so this is not great. This tends to be more with long-term antibiotic use, which is why I brought it up in the Lyme episode because so many folks with Lyme or with Lyme co-infections are put on long-term antibiotics. So I thought it was a relevant thing. Maybe not so relevant for somebody that's just doing like a you know a one-week course of one. Antibiotic to clear up an ear infection, but I'll throw it out here because this is the antibiotic episode after all. But, um, There was a study published in 2013 titled, Bactericidal Antibiotics Induce Mitochondrial Dysfunction and Oxidative Damage in Mammalian Cells. And that showed that antibiotics can impair mitochondrial function after just four days of use. Now, again, this was done in cells, not in human bodies, Um, but kind of interesting. Um, The big Thing to point out here is that they these researchers were re, were able to restore mitochondrial function, ATP production, by supplementing with N-acetylcysteine prior to antibiotic usage. So that could be something to consider if you know. I mean, if you know that you're about to go on antibiotics, that might be something to consider working that into rotation. It's just good overall liver support anyway, um, and why we want to support the liver is when, as I mentioned earlier, these bacteria, pathogenic bacteria can release biotoxins and they can do that when they're they're being killed off too, which might be totally fine, but our liver has to process these biotoxins. So it does sort of backload on the liver a little bit, which is why it's not a bad idea to support the liver, even if you're just doing like dry skin brushing or sweating or doing Epsom salt baths, you know, it doesn't have to be in the form of supplements. You could do food as medicine and some gentle lifestyle practices as well. I always want to give, you know, different options for different folks, but those are all things to consider. And then finally, and perhaps most importantly, let's talk about diet. So what can we do with our food while we're on antibiotics? And number one, cut out the sugar that's a really big one because sugar feeds the opportunistic bacteria and especially the yeast. So when when i when i'm saying opportunistic basically when given the chance these things will thrive. And they're given the chance with antibiotic use because we're clearing out those parking spaces. So they're like, "Hey, an opportunity to to get in to the, you know, to the gut and kind of anchor in and throw down, and thrive. So we want to prevent that from happening. So we don't want to feed the guys, right? We don't want to feed these opportunistic um, bacteria and yeast. So reducing sugar is a smart bet. And it's also just supportive of overall immune system, which we're trying to do anyway. Um, I would also strongly encourage um, no fried foods. Those are really problematic for the gut. Um, No alcohol, because that is also a direct gut irritant. And then depending on who you are and whether or not you're um, immune reactive to wheat, no wheat. I kind of say this for a lot of people because wheat can just muck up the gut even if you're not feeling effects of it, but those are all things to consider. The funny part about this, or the ironic part about this, is that when I'm feeling my worst, that's when I tend to want more of those things. I I tend to crave the comfort foods. I want more grains. I personally don't do great with a lot of grains, but when I'm feeling not great, I want more grains. It's like super weird. This is when I tend to want more wine. I'm like, I'm already feeling crappy. Let's just, let's just go all in. It's, it's a very messed up mentality, but there we are. Um, so I kind of have to remind myself and then plus when you're not feeling good, you don't have all of this energy to like cook healthy meals. You're just like, give me whatever, like toast. Sure. Whatever. Um, But that's actually working against what we're trying to do. Variety is hugely important. Hugely, hugely, hugely important. So what's happening with the antibiotics, like I said at the start of the show, is that you're killing off good bacteria. You're lowering the diversity. So basically everything you have to do while you're on antibiotics and for months after is to try to bring back that diversity. And this is... Where variety comes into place, we want, um, you know, it, it now is not the time when you're on antibiotics and post antibiotics to stick to the same old things. Like I'm just going to eat the same old thing. You want to throw as much diversity at your gut as possible because that's what our guts thrive on. So we want diversity in colors, we want diversity in polyphenols, we want diversity in fibers. Um, I provide a really extensive list on different types of fibers and prebiotic fibers in episode 78. I'm not going to rehash all of that here because that would be silly because I already did that. Um, So that would be a good episode to check out if you want specific suggestions on foods to work in. But really any type of prebiotic rich foods, um, leafy greens, bitters, um, onions, garlics, leeks, asparagus, bananas, especially if they're a little green, um, apples. Listen, uh, pectin is a wonderful type of prebiotic fiber and doing slow cooked apples is such a good thing to do while you're trying to feed your gut. Um, I have a, it's an instant pot applesauce recipe on my website. Basically what I do is I chop up the apples, keep the skins on because that's where the pectin is. (laughs) Oh my goodness, God bless me. Um, And I just chop them up and I throw them in the instant pot with some cinnamon for like three minutes. That's it. And then you have applesauce. It's chunky applesauce. Yummy. Super high in pectin, which is good to feed your gut. So things like that. Um, doing oats, uh, if you can tolerate those, uh, cocoa, flax seeds, any type of roots, roots and tubers, chicory root, jicama root, Jerusalem artichokes, all of those are wonderful to feed the good guys in your gut. they all help to increase the beneficial bacteria that we're looking for. And then you also wanna work in probiotic-rich foods. So the prebiotics are the fibers that feed the good bacteria. So probiotic-rich foods are um, ones that are have good bacteria in them. Fermented foods, um, sauerkraut, fermented veggies, um, kimchi, any type of miso, if you can get your hands on some good quality miso paste. I love to do salad dressings with miso. You don't wanna, you can cook with miso, but when you heat it, you kill off the beneficial bacteria. So I like to do different types of sauces with miso, Um, or just, you know, if you're doing a miso soup, just make sure you're not boiling the miso, you're stirring in the miso after the fact. If you can tolerate dairy, yogurt with live, active cultures, kefir, kombucha is great and any type of fermented pickles all that kind of good stuff in a little bit goes a long way it's not like you have to do a ton of this um, but work it into your day-to-day life (laughs) so that's really all I have for you guys kind of a a short and sweet episode you know why why we want to be mindful of antibiotics why we want to choose carefully but if that is the right choice for us and that if that's something that's that our body needs um, how we can support the overall immune system the you know the gut and our ecosystem to make sure that we do as little damage as possible so hopefully that helped you guys feel free to share this episode and if you're so inclined leave me a review on iTunes tag me on your social, and I'll enter you to win a one-on-one appointment with yours truly. All right, you guys, take care. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. Take care of you.